You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome back to the Spark Influence Podcast. Hey, baby, how you doing? Great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be here with y'all today. We're going to talk about a well-managed conflict resolution in business. We can also see conflicts that arise in our personal life, with our friends, with our family, with business associates, with employees and partners. And today we're going to talk about some of those different types of conflict that we experience, what happens when there's conflict, how we manage it, and how we cannot have it derail us in our business. And and this actually, for those of you who are listening, this is an episode that I actually need myself because conflict resolution was not something that I was taught when I was growing up. And I have had a hard time with managing conflict and have not always handled it well. But Peter, you've done a really good job of guiding me through difficult situations, whether it was in a business part partnership or with other people. And so I think it's a great conversation for us to have about conflict. And let's let's look at it in the, the scope of our business. And then maybe we can get into some other things like cancel culture and what that looks like on social media and those types of things. So why don't we start off with defining conflict? Sure. So, I mean, I, I didn't look up the Merriam-Webster's definition of it, but I mean, at its basis point, it's it's when you have an opposing view on anything that's opposite of that, and there's someone who has the opposite view, and you cannot necessarily agree or come to an agreed point with that individual or with that business or with that entity, right? It's kind of what the word means, right? We're, we're not agreeing on something, and that can usually swell into a really big thing, or it can just be a small, minor thing, right? But it still occurs at all levels and all in, in business regardless. There's always, you know, it's, the, it's why lawyers exist, right? Because there's, there's conflict and disagreement. And so it's that, it's, it's an unagreeing of, or non-agreement on, on a particular thing. Yeah. You know, I think oftentimes the number one reason is lack of communication or misunderstanding. Yeah, 100%. You know, I say something to you, you hear something different than what I said or what I meant by the words that I chose to say it to you. And then, you know, you respond in one way. And I think that's just how it happens. But another thing that I see right now in our world today is there is a huge conflict of worldviews and kind of how that plays out. So, you know, if you have a biblical worldview, you're going to look at the world in one way and people that don't have a biblical worldview are definitely going to see that from another way. And I think those two positions are in such conflict in the world today that a lot of problems that we see manifest are coming from a difference in worldview. No, oh, I would I would completely agree with that, right? And then so take worldview, and that's one facet that is laid on top of the, your your dispute. Then 
there's so many other facets that can go with that, right? They had a bad day. They had a fight with their spouse. They were stuck in traffic. Like there are 50 things go into an engagement that generates some type of disagreement. Now, there are like foundational disagreements that occur in business or where, you know, one feels like it's okay to cross the line and one, another one doesn't in a relationship or someone feels like they've been slighted. Like there's so many ways conflict can arise, which is why I think it's, it's a remarkably under-addressed topic in business because you almost invariably, if you have customers, you will have conflict. Like you will have problems. If you have a partner, you will have problems. Like that just is a fact. If We're, you have employees, you will have problems. You will have problems, right? <laughs> it's what spawned HR right? and lawyers came out of it where, you know, a comma can change the entire meaning of a paragraph, right? So definitely, and the English language is messy and interactions are messy, right? When it comes to kind of your point of lack of communication, is the root of that root of many, many, many problems. Cause I think you said this and you didn't mean that. And that causes a sort of a base conflict. And then there's, you know, more aggressive conflicts. Like I expect you to accommodate me and give me, you know, twice as much of inventory as you did last time for the a third of the price or whatever the, you know, the, the, the business driver may be that's driving that conflict. It's still conflict. It still has to be resolved. You have to come to some type of agreement whether it's middle ground or it's standing your ground, you've got to figure out how that looks in, in business. Yeah. So as a leader, what are some things that you have done in regards to the employees that have worked for you to help manage conflict well? Well, we've talked about this before, like about being seen and being heard. And really, I've seen most conflicts can be absolved if you really just listen and let them tell you what's going on. Like let them explain what's happening. If it's like employee to employee, if it's employee to, to leader, that that's a different, it's a more nuanced conversation and you want a third person there maybe to help you. The Bible has all this advice on having a third party to listen and be, be involved. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very true thing. So the first part is getting that really that communication channel open and letting them talk and listen to the problem. Or you taking the time, if you're the one with the problem, with the issue, come to them and, and speak what's happening. Tell them and elaborate and explain because they may not be aware of it. And it may to them be not an issue, but to you it's a huge issue because we blow things up in our mind and make them much bigger than they may be. And so we really, that first line of defense is really good communication. Yeah, so I recently had a conflict with an organization, and when I was speaking to one of the leaders within that organization, and I said, look, you offended me, and their response was, I'm so sorry, like, oh, you're right, I probably was rude, and to your point, they expressed how they had all these other things that were happening in their right. life. So they responded in a way that they wouldn't normally. But I think it takes a really big person to say, hey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And, you know, to, to come to a point of forgiveness. Now, that's not always, that doesn't quite work if you're in the employee-employer relationship. You know, I have watched you manage people over the years. And, and sometimes, you know, it's gone really well. Other times it's 
it has not gone well, but typically that's because they're unhappy about something else. Maybe they're unhappy about the amount of money that they make or what's going on in their life. Right. That like you I've seen, you know, people who are going through a divorce or having trouble in their marriage and then that spills over into to work. And so sometimes it's it's outside of our control. But I love the verse in the Bible that says, As far as it is by by me, like be at peace with all men. And that's the part that we can own in that conflict is to try to to have empathy and to listen and to be at peace. Yeah, you stole you stole the word I was going to use it, right? So what has served me so well in business for so many years is and it it encompasses everything you just said. If you try to have empathy, it's amazing how much you can resolve conflict. Just try to have some empathy because you have no idea what's in that person's world. You have no idea what's going on. But if you could try to, you know, the old adage, walk a mile in their shoes kind of thing, where you can get some understanding and quickly put yourself in that situation, it's very, very effective at at, at least mitigating severe conflicts or starting a foundational common ground where you could now address what's happening because it might need to be an actionable addressable activity. It may be, I'm not making enough money. It may be, I need more time. Maybe I have too much work on my plate. It may be, I'm not appreciated. So when you start understanding and get some empathy from them, then you can say, let's, I, I get it now. Let's, let's, let's see how we fix this. And now it becomes problem resolution, which is now a team building exercise. Now we're working together to fix a problem that had come up and and you're growing and strengthening that relationship. You resolve the conflict and move past it to a more a much more uh, beneficial point. Yeah. So, what are some of the practical ways that you have seen conflict resolution turn into a team building experience? So, if we take just the employee angle, you know, it's what we just kind of what we just talked about. Usually, multi parties, right? And sometimes the problem is bigger than a single individual, and it becomes that's where it becomes a leadership with maybe several employees or a large amount of employees where everyone comes to an agreement on the identification of the problem. And then we work through it as a team and we, everyone's given a task. So everyone has to help haul. Everyone's got to either grab the rope and pull, you know, even if they feel like they're doing too much, if the leader says, I see what you're saying, we're going to work through this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to haul with you. The employees can't just say, fine, I'm going to sit back and watch you fix it. Like that's not going to, that doesn't, you can't unbalance it. Right. It's not a, it's not a, it, I mean, using a tug of warish type, statement, but it's not that really. Everyone needs to grab the rope and pull whatever the load is that we're pulling. Spouses are, are, are going to be a different, but all this still applies. What is the empathy realizing maybe you're being unbalanced or maybe you're in the wrong? The willingness to, something I love about you is the willingness to say and self-analyze and say, you know, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And then that I'm sorry has fixed millions of of problems, whether it's spouses or employees, just saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Let's let's fix this, right? Yeah. So I'm going to bring up an example of a young man that we met and befriended, and you kind of were a mentor to him, and were potentially going to do business with him, and then he did something really stupid and got fired from his job, and so instead of like hiding the fact from you, he came to you and said, I said something really stupid. I got fired. And you said, I respect you because in your eyes, he said, look, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I did something wrong. He admitted it and he didn't try to hide it. And so you were willing to do business with him just because he was man enough to 
to come to you and say, I messed up. And that I hear you say it all the time, even with, with our boys, like if they've done something wrong, like tell me what you've done, tell me what has been wrong, and then we can address the problem, we can fix it. But but that's always a good starting point too, is just, is just being able to admit, hey, something's wrong here. You know, you talked about uh, one of the verses about conflict resolution in the Bible. It, the famous passage, I think, is is Matthew 18, where it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So like when our brother offends us, we're to go to him. And if he listens, then you've gained your brother. But if he doesn't listen, then you need to bring a couple other people along with you. And, and then if that doesn't work, then you take it to the church. Now, I don't see that practice happen much today where it's taken to the church. But definitely I see, you know, when you can sit down with another person and like you said, listen and hear, admit when you're wrong, offer forgiveness. That goes a long way, I think, in handling conflict. Yeah, uh, undoubtedly, right? And yes, the, the bring it to the church. If the conflict is with believers, if it's your, you know, you have employees or believers or your partner or whatever, this 100% applies. You, it, It's a different application if it's just maybe a customer or a business partner and you don't have that insight and ability. You still, you know, lead with love, understand what's going on, bring the problem to the surface. I'm wrong. You're wrong. Let's figure it out real quickly and then try to have some empathy and understand what's going on and then move through the problem every time, right? It, it'll work whether it's a church brother or sister, or it's just, you know, a person of the world that you happen to do business with, the conflict can still be managed in a way that's much better than just flaming up and <laughs> just right, coming at them. fighting fire with fire just only makes burns a everybody. It makes a bigger fire. So what about with worldviews? Because that's something that I can see that people don't take the time to sit and listen to an opposing view. They don't really take the time to listen. And, you know, different ideologies have their talking points. And I think handling that worldview conflict requires a little more finesse. Yeah, you, you have two options. I don't know of any circumstance where anyone has had their worldview changed because you argued with them. It just doesn't happen, right? It's not going to be a thing. If you love them and show the love of the Lord and live who your values are, who you say you are, you don't have to beat them over the head with your worldview. Your worldview colors all your activities, and it should, right? A biblical worldview should be the lens with which you see and act with the world. Changing someone else is not going to happen in the way people think. You're not going to meet on the street and then have a debate about it, and then they're going to be like, you know what, you're so right. I can't believe I was thinking that way. That's not going to happen. Well, it could. Yeah, it does does not happen that way, ever. But to lead with love, show empathy, show compassion, right? Because you still, again, don't know the journey that they've led. Don't compromise and don't back off what you believe. Always stand firm in what you believe. that's, That's your belief. That's your foundation. That's your firm foundation that you stand on. And I don't want to use the word negatively, but that's where you fight. That's the point you fight from is your feet anchored in biblical truth and worldview that you then go out, but use compassion and love, not 
anger because you're not going to change them. You're not, you're not going to change their, their, their view that way. And I think more people have been turned to like, wow, you know, I, I came at them and we had a problem and man, they just treated me like a person and they listened to me and they talked. I've heard circumstances of that turning people far more than I've, uh, and I've never actually heard someone saying he debated me on the street and it was great. I've never heard that (laughs) ever happen. So what about with unexpected conflicts like with with cancel culture or with social media you know for me I think social media is a lot easier of a place for me to dismantle the conflict because what I've learned is that what the principle that you just said I'm not going to change someone's mind on social media that has an opposing view to me. It's not going to happen. So what I have learned is I don't have to respond. I can exercise I can exercise self-control and not say anything. And I think that goes back to the verse in the beginning yes. that a soft answer turns away wrath. And so but sometimes it's not even answering. I love the analogy. Tell your analogy about the bully on the playground. Yeah, that, I mean, I think Mike Tyson was the one that actually said it originally, which was too many people have grown up and never been punched in the nose, so they don't know what it's like to talk trash about somebody and then get hit for it because you would reevaluate what you're going to say more often if you were standing in front of the person. It's really easy to hide behind a keyboard and a screen and just spout nonsense to people, right? You know, I used this term a long time ago. Social media is a cruel mistress. Like, it is, it is a brutal environment. It, it tosses you away if you don't give it all of your attention immediately, and it, which means you're either downranked or you're not seen or your posts don't get shown, right? But you, so you have to stay fully engaged all the time. And all it takes is one keyboard warrior to not like what you said, and then it explodes, and then you have thousands of people. So for a business, if you have, you know, if your business is heavily leveraged on social media and you c- commit some sin that the opposing group doesn't like in their eyes, they can come tear you down. Businesses have gone away and people have been removed from jobs and lost their livelihood and been stripped of ability to do things because of these things. That conflict is a really hard thing to manage. My, my, I think you said it right. My, my policy is just don't answer. Just don't, just don't address it. If it's just hanging in the air waiting for, it's like that one-handed high five. Like you look stupid. You're just standing there waiting and <laughs> no one's high five. You're like, what happened? They're going to go away eventually. Like, just let it go. Don't, don't apologize. Don't ever compromise. Again, firm foundation, stand on your beliefs, stand on your worldview and keep doing what you're doing and, and don't, uh, don't give it a quarter, right? You, to use an older term. You know, but I think also words are powerful. Very much so. And the Bible even talks about um, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And we can use our words to be kind and gracious and loving, or we can use our words to cut and to tear people down. And a lot of times in a conflict, you know, people can say things that are, are unkind, but, you know, we're actually accountable to the Lord for all of our words. And so we need to be careful how we yield our tongue. 100%. Then that kind of goes to the whole topic of this conversation, right? Try to lead with empathy and love and compassion and under and come to a disagreement leading with those things, but don't don't compromise and fall back. 
I, I love this verse in James 4, verses 1 and 2. It says, What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And so a lot of the the problems and the quarrels and the fights and the conflicts that we have are actually the root cause of that is is sin and the sin within us that we haven't dealt with. So whether it's pride or envy or jealousy or sloth, or I just think of like all these different sins that can really be the root cause of, of a conflict. Yeah. Like if I can, I'll use an example of a current client. And there's the three parties involved. So it's a little complex. The setup is going to take a second. So sorry about that. But there is client A is engaging with vendor A and vendor B. Now, the relationship needs to be managed. Vendor A is managing vendor B. But vendor B is a critical path to the accomplishment of clients' goals and achievements. And they've paid many millions of dollars for this to happen. There is major conflict right now because the vendors cannot agree on something and it has delayed the project by months. And now the client is having to get involved with the vendors when they shouldn't. They should just be given a solution as was agreed upon in a contract. So now lawyers are involved and they're talking about breach of contract and they need to do what's called a resolution, right? They want them to a cure. They need a cure for the problem. So, this is a really tricky spot where this is like now things have got evolved, devolved for quite some time, but I sat in on a meeting and they got the relevant leaders in place and watched how the main leader came in and was pounding his hand on the desk and just mad about it. But another one came in with rational, compassionate conversation and said, we're partners in this. We're all in this together. We want to achieve this. How can we make this happen? Let's bring the walls down. Literally said, can we bring the walls down and fix this? And that response, instead of being threatened with lawsuits, instead of being bashed about, he came with a very Christian attitude. And I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but a very Christian attitude towards compassion and bringing everyone together. And it's causing now the resolution, right? It it was a great, it was a very well, like I wish I could use that as a textbook, a very well managed conflict. Yeah, that's really good. Well, you know, we focused this conversation all around conflict in in business, but we would be remiss if we didn't end talking about conflict in relationships because married couples have conflicts. And, you know, this is something that I didn't handle well in, in our early marriage. And, you know, one of the things that you've always said is we have learned to fight, right? But what that means is that we always we give each other space or, or we apologize or we do the necessary thing to ultimately not let the sun go down on our anger and to resolve the conflict. Yeah. I mean, that's, we've actually taken that scripture very much to heart, even if, and I'll just open the, the kimono here on our marriage for a minute, even if we had, and I can think of a couple of occurrences where we had really serious disagreements if I was going to use a better term but I remember us I mean you would come I remember you came to me one time it's like three in the morning and you're like I'm not going to sleep we have to fix this like we're, we're gonna have to fix this 
right? And and it doesn't matter the time. The sun was long set. The argument started at dark, so I'm okay in that. I, mean, I got out of that one, but like it, it was, we're not going to let the sun rise on our conflict, right? And so, yeah, learning a conflict with your spouse is really, really important, right? But there, and it's hard because men and women are very different, and everyone is. Both of us are hundred percent right. You're just more right than I am, and and you have to figure out compromise and middle ground and 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 the thing that wins it every time is my love for you is greater than any conflict we could have so you have to remember every time lead with love it's love all the time passion in the moment can put a can color you can put on red glasses and just go berserk and see stupid and say stupid things and be hurtful and mean and but in the end it's love wins it and the arguments are almost always absolved because Either it's like, I'm sorry, and I love you, and let's move on. Yes, I agree completely. But I would also add one little caveat to that as well, is that when you live your life, not just for yourself, but you understand that you are here to serve one another and that yeah. you are to defer so that it's not it's not all about me and um, it's not all about you. But the, the greater thing is it is about us. And so how can we get to an agreement so that we can push through whatever trial or, or struggle or conflict that comes our way? Oh, that's very well put. I'm glad you added that. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spark Influence. We hope that we've given you something to think about in terms of having empathy and love towards others to solve conflicts with grace in your work, in your home, and with your spouse. Amen.